Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Can Do MS podcast. My name is Ann Gilbert, and I'm excited to be your host today. We're thrilled to bring today's podcast to you. Uh, not only is this the first episode of our Young Adult series, but this is our first ever Can Do MS podcast. So thank you all for joining us. To start off our Young Adult series, we have two guests with us today. We have psychologist Lucy Carrier, and we also have Corey Jo Beck, who has been living with MS for the last 10 years. Uh, with Lucy and with Corey Jo, we're going to dive in, um, and we're going to talk about how MS can impact career planning and employment uh, while living as a young adult with MS. And we're also going to discuss some of the challenges as well as strategies of how to manage the unpredictability of living with MS. And uh, welcome, Lucy, to our podcast. Um, so, Lucy, if you'd like to just uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you came to work as a psychologist for people living with MS. Yes, thank you, Ian. I'm really excited to be a part of the Young Adult Series podcast. Um, I am a licensed psychologist, and I have been working in the field of MS for approximately four years. I trained um, as a psychologist in a specialty MS clinic, a large one, um, for approximately a year and really developed my love for working with MS um, and specifically the, the clients that I was able to, to work alongside, um, which has been really um, beneficial for me as a clinician um, and quite, I think, personally rewarding. And so I have continued that in my career um, in various capacities. Um, presenting, um, researching, and working clinically um, with individuals with MS. Awesome. Yeah, we're really lucky to have you on here to um, help provide us with some of your expertise about um, have coping and living with MS. We also have Corey Joe, and I'd like to welcome Corey Joe. Um, so if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how old you are and when you were diagnosed and uh, what you do for work. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I am 28 years old. I was diagnosed in 2008. I had just graduated from high school when I was diagnosed, so it was a little bit of a shock. I am a gymnastics director and a gymnastics coach currently. Tell us, Corey Joe, how long have you been in your role as a director and coach at your gymnastics studio? So I have been in the director role since um, January of last year, so about so a little over a year and a half. And before that, I had been coaching at that gymnastics studio since I was 19, I believe. So a while. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you've, you've really enjoyed your time there so far. Yes, I have. I really have. And with you being diagnosed, as you had mentioned a minute ago, um, gosh, right out of high school, that's such a really big time for a lot of people in deciding, you know, what direction they're going to go down in terms of their career and the paths they're going to take. Tell us about kind of the decision-making process for you and your kind of path into gymnastics. So I had grow I grew up doing gymnastics, dance, and cheer. And then when I graduated high school, I went... To college like everybody else does um, but after the diagnosis of MS it kind of made it a little a little bit hard for my life to decide where it was gonna go and I ended up going into teaching just because I have such a love for children um, I taught for a year and decided that's not what I wanted to do 
And so I ended up getting to, I got offered this job position as a director and I got to do both of what, like I got to work with kids and I got to do gymnastics. I got to coach gymnastics, which is what I love to do. So I really got both of the best of both worlds. I'm very lucky. Yeah, it sounds like it working, like you said, with children and also with, with gymnastics sounds like a long, a long-term kind of uh, area of interest for you, a strong area of interest. Absolutely. Well, great. You'd mentioned that, you know, when you had the diagnosis, you were really trying to decide, okay, which, which path am I going to go down? And you chose education and then decided that really wasn't a good fit for you. Um, do you think MS had much to do with that? You know, I, I think that it did because the hours were very long and very demanding. I have a lot of the fatigue and so that definitely made it very hard to keep focused throughout the day. And, you know, when you're teaching, you have to be on top of everything and make sure you, your kids are always doing what they're supposed to be doing and involving them in everything. And so I had a lot of issues just keeping my energy up. So I really do think, think that MS affected that decision to be done mm -hmm. teaching after the first year. Yeah. So it sounds like you had to make a pretty big decision rather early on in your teaching career. Yes, I did. Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, was that, a, was that a difficult decision in terms of kind of switching careers with MS being such a big influence in that decision? You know, it was, but at the same time, it wasn't. Um, I didn't love teaching as much as I thought I would. So it actually kind of worked out. It's like it was almost a kind of a silver lining to, okay, I need to do, do something that's maybe a better fit for me, both physically, emotionally, and interest-wise. And so it really caused you to kind of slow down and say, okay, what do I want to do? Absolutely. I mean, it was hard. It was definitely a hard decision. I had to spend all that time and all that money um, doing something that I thought that I was going to love for the rest of my life and deciding that that wasn't the route that I wanted to be on and that I had to make that decision. It was a very pivotal point in my life. Um, but now with what I'm doing, it works it works really well with me. It keeps me active. The hours I can actually work with my MS, which is awesome. And in this role, it sounds like it's a lot more flexible for you in terms of managing those symptoms as well as just the, the better fit for your personality and, and interest. Yeah, it absolutely is. I'm very, very lucky. You mentioned, Corey J, the, the fatigue and how difficult that was in your role as a teacher. And I'm wondering how much of that played into deciding, okay, what's going to be the next step for me in terms of a career and what path I want to go down? You know, it was, I went a lot of different routes. Um, as funny as it sounds, I did hair for a while, which I still do on the side. That was a lot harder than doing teaching than teaching. Um, because obviously the hours are long, I'm standing up, but it also gave me more time to express who I am. So that was actually, actually very, very nice. 
but I don't even know how I got back into where I'm at. Everything worked out. All my ducks got in a row and it basically presented itself to me. Working at the gymnastics studio? Yeah, taking on the director role, not just being a coach. I was actually asked to take on more responsibilities and be a bigger part in the gym, which I appreciated. So talk about a, a very physically strenuous job working as a gymnastics instructor. Uh, oh, absolutely. There's definitely days that I struggle spotting and doing what I love, but it also it's very rewarding because I'm actually in the gym, so I'm working out a lot, which is really great for the MS. It keeps my flexibility up. You know, I'm constantly moving, which is really, really good. But on the days that my MS is kind of acting up or I'm not feeling up to par, that definitely makes it a little interesting. Quite a bit of a, an added challenge for you, for sure. Yeah. So for you, um, you know, how do you know it's going to be a rough day at work? What are some of the things that stand out for you or some of your kind of first signs? I get a lot of the fatigue, like we had mentioned before. Um, I actually get a lot of numbness and tingling in my hands and I lose feeling in my left leg. And then usually my speech goes, I stutter a lot when I'm having problems. Um, and then I, obviously the cognition point is right there as well. So all of those things definitely make my job 10 times harder, but everyone at work is very, very supportive and very, very helpful with everything that I deal with. I'm lucky. With regard to um, kind of your current place and, you know, having been there a while, it sounds like there's certainly a, a strong level of comfort amongst your coworkers. And if, you know, you have superiors also there, an owner of the, the studio, um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what it was like disclosing to them your diagnosis, since it sounds like you're pretty open with them about um, symptoms and when it might be tough days. And what was that like, deciding what to disclose and when to do that? So I feel like I'm actually a lot different than a lot of MS patients. Um, I am very open about the MS. Um, I have MS. MS does not have me. And, you know, I tell people I don't try to hide it because I feel like people around me need to know if something happens, I need them to be aware of what's going on. Um, and I, I need the support. Personally, that's just how I am as a person. So I just make sure that everyone around me is aware of what's going on. Um, and it's really hard for pe for me to have people stare at me and, you know, look at me when I'm not able to talk or not able to walk and look at me like, oh my goodness, what is going on with her? You look completely healthy, but what what's wrong? Um, that's really hard for me. So when I am open about it, it makes me feel like I'm in power. Like I have the control, which I, I need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like for you, one way in which you've kind of coped the diagnosis and being as active as you are in your career, it's being really open with those around you and letting them know what's going on for you and being really genuine. And I also look at it that it's a really good way for my, for the kids around me, the kids in the gym to see someone that can, can completely look normal and talk and walk and 
just be a normal person. And then, you know, the next day have no feeling or no speech or anything like that. So I think it's actually a really good learning point for the kids. And I think it's good for them because that's, that's life. And I love to be able to teach them different things about life, really. That's great. I think that really speaks to your resiliency in dealing with this and, you know, only being 28 and having lived with this for 10 years, you've kind of had to, to learn very early on. And, and, you know, getting through college was really, really hard. So it's been learning for me and I've gotten to learn about myself through the process. It's taken a long time, but I have learned a lot about myself. What do you think stands out in terms of the biggest things you've learned about yourself and being so active in your career with MS? You know, I, I've learned how strong I am um, and that I can do anything if I really do want. If I want it bad enough, I can do it. I just have to do it in my own time and I have to listen to my body. That's been, I think that's been the hardest thing for me is listening to what my body is telling me, whether I'm tired or whatever it is, I have to just take a step back. And I have actually had to learn how to tell people no, that no, I can't do this. No, I can't go out with you. I can't do a private lesson. I, you know what Uh I mean? So I've always been a people pleaser my entire life. And so I've gotten to know myself and I've gotten to be more of an advocate for myself over the last, honestly, only the last five years. So the first five years that I had MS, it was, it was a mess. It truly, truly a was a hot mess. Uh, so it sounds like just really, like you said, learning your body and knowing kind of what your limits are. And it sounds like it's, you know, I think it's only natural that it's taken time for you to learn what those limits are, both physically, but emotionally, cognitively. And what fits for you? Absolutely. You mentioned college um, was particularly challenging for you. What What did you find were some of the biggest um, challenges that you, you faced as a student? So I found out that I actually have anxiety, which goes along with the MS. And I had a lot of issues with concentration. I actually was able to get some extra help. Mm-hmm which really made a huge difference in my college career. And certainly, you know, with the anxiety, that's that's going to be a challenge with or without MS. And yet in the face of kind of battling with this chronic illness and kind of the unpredictability of it as a college student, it sounds like you just really added a lot more on your plate to manage. Yeah, it did. And being diagnosed right out of high school and then going to college, I didn't have time to for it really to set set in before I went off to college, you know, dealing with the injections and, you know, just college life really. And balancing that I didn't do a very good job with that. So that has actually made, you know, my life now I have, I, that's definitely contributed to me learning what my body needs which has been actually very helpful in my 
current career. Yeah. So you, it sounds as though you've kind of taken those experiences from college where it was really challenging on your body, on you emotionally with the anxiety, which we know is you know rather common living with MS. And you've really tried to take those learning experiences with being in this career now that you love and that you're, you're so kind of fully invested in such that it doesn't feel like it's so overwhelming for you day to day. I look forward to my everyday life now. (laughs) That should be a goal for all of us, right? Oh, yes. So in terms of, you know, your day-to-day life um, as the director, as a coach, it sounds like you wear a lot of different roles. And so as you were saying earlier, you know, fatigue can certainly get in the way sometimes. The cognitive difficulties can be a challenge. I'm wondering for you, what's it been like in terms of, um, developing maybe some flexibility or some creativity and still completing some of the things, aspects of your job, but yet, um, you know, acknowledging that this is going to be a little bit more challenging. What's that been like for you? It's been a little difficult, um, but I just know that anytime I need help, I have to ask for help. And that's been the hardest thing. And, you know, sometimes it can take me longer to do something so silly as, you know, moving a mat or um, walking from the front of the gym to the back of the gym, which is a huge part of my job. And, you know, whenever I'm having problems and if a parent needs to speak with me, I don't talk on the phone or I don't talk in person. I have them email me. You know, it's silly things like that that make a big difference. But I also have the support of all of my coworkers and if I need help, you know, doing something or spotting someone or, you know, because the safety of the children is obviously the number one priority. And I know that I have a lot of weakness and I have to just admit that and I have to be okay with that and asking for help is okay. And everyone at work is very helpful. They, you know, are always there. And, you know, if I am having problems, they see that and they acknowledge that and they tell me that whatever I need, just ask. And that definitely makes me feel more comfortable with what I'm doing. And it makes me not so self-conscious as well. Oh yeah. I would imagine you said a really important thing. You said, I've just, I've had to learn over time how to ask for help and recognize when having that additional help kind of outweighs the frustration of fighting through something that is probably going to be really challenging. Yes. So in terms of the, you know, the, again, the day-to-day things that you do, um, you've talked about the fatigue. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you work through some of those cognitive difficulties, which we know can be quite common um, living with MS and how that has affected the workplace for you. You know, I just kind of take it as it comes because you never know when it's going to be an issue. Like, you know, anytime I'm asked something, I can't always remember what the issue is or what my brain is supposed to be doing. Um, It just, you know, it's basically like a brain fog and... I just have to kind of step back and take a breath and <laughs> re- realize that it's okay. It's it's fine. 
again, kind of using that, those same kind of um, things about yourself that you learned when you were in college with, okay, that's really challenging, step back. Exactly. Sounds like you've tried to adapt to some of that now here in your career. Yes, absolutely. I have. All right. Well, Koyjo, you've talked quite a bit um, with us about kind of how you've managed the fatigue, the cognitive symptoms, the anxiety, um, and how from your MS and how that has um, kind of translated day to day in the workplace with MS, which my goodness, how challenging, but I think your resiliency has certainly shown through and something you've, you've talked quite a bit. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, as we wrap up, you could talk a little bit about how you kind of work towards that work-life balance that we all hear about day to day. What's that like for you living with MS in your career? My husband is actually the one that helps me keep my work and my real life kind of balanced. He is basically my word of reason and he makes sure that he, he listens to my body. Um, if I'm tired, I have to sleep. And whether that means I take a 15 minute power nap. Okay. Or maybe I have to sleep for six hours in the middle of the day. I listen to my body. For example, like my night, my, my work schedule is in the evening, which is really, really helpful. Um, so when I sleep, I sleep up until my body gets up and that makes a huge, huge difference. Um, I don't have to force myself, which, you know, like I said, the fatigue is huge. And if I'm tired, I'm tired and I just have to deal with it. Um, and I have gotten really good at shedding my work life out of my home life. When I'm at home, I'm at home. I am focused on, you know, cooking dinner or spending time with my family. When I'm at work, I leave work, I leave home life at home. So that makes a big difference. And I, that way I'm not stressing out about silly little details about the day, whether that be whatever happened at home, my dog did something bad or, you know. Set those boundaries. Exactly. And I mean, that's just for anybody that, uh, you know, that's just life. But that also just truly does help with the stress factor. So that way I'm not dwelling on silly little things and causing my brain to constantly work, which also causes the stress, which also causes this, which, you know what I mean? Like one thing always leads to another thing, which does not help. Absolutely. So for you, you've learned this really snowballs. My fatigue affects my anxiety and my anxiety is going to worsen my, my fatigue. And there goes your focus. And exactly. Or, you know, it, you're on a spiral. So like you yeah. said, learning, learning your body, doing that kind of body check and recognizing when you need the extra rest or you need to take kind of a time out so that you can be kind of fully present whether at home or at work and being kind of the most authentic you. Absolutely. And, you know, doing yoga helps meditating and all of that. That really does make a big difference, too. That's fantastic. That's a really great point that you mentioned. Um, certainly, I'm sure so, some days working towards that balance is probably harder than others. Oh, absolutely. 
life. <laughs> right. You have the you have the plan in place and how you know you need to do it, but some days with the, the unpredictability and the uncertainty sometimes with these symptoms, that's it sounds like where you've kind of pulled on that flexibility and resiliency. Absolutely. And thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I think this is kind of a good place for us to wrap up. Um, I think work-life balance can be a challenge for all of us. I know um, for me too. And it's, um, I like what you said, Corey Joe. is, you know, you leave work at work and when you're at home, you're at home and you focus on kind of able to being at home and relaxing and listening to your bodies. I really appreciate you both um, joining us, Lucy and Corey Joe. I've had a great time listening to the conversation and learning more about the ups and downs of living with MS and, you know, how to balance your work and how to make it work for you. So Corey Joe, thank you so much for sharing, um, sharing your experience with us. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you too, Lucy. I did want to share for, um, for those of you that are listening, um, that there are resources out there for you to access about, you know, whether it's about how to disclose to your employer about your MS or um, just how to manage some of your symptoms. Um, you can access resources on our website through some of our employment webinar series, or you can also go to the National MS Society's website and find some local employment resources, as well as some programs um, available there. Um, so there's a lot of resources out there and uh, for people living with MS that might be dealing with some of these employment issues. Before we conclude, I do want to recognize some of our sponsors that helped us to deliver this podcast. Thanks to Above MS that's brought to us by Biogen, um, EMD Serono, Genentech, Novartis, and Sanofi Genzyme. We really couldn't uh, put on these programs without our supporters. Um, and also, please don't forget to tune into our second podcast in this young adult series on the topic of mood and cognition. And that will be available on Tuesday, August 28th. So thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. And we will see you next time. Thanks again, Lucy and Corey Joe.